John Gibbons, Gibby, welcome to Jays from Home. Thanks for joining me. Oh, hey, my, hey, my pleasure. You know, it, uh, it's always it's always good to talk to some Canucks, man. I tell you what, I was up there last week, and it was like, you know, it was like I, best time I had in a while. You know, I've been so long since I've been there, and uh, I appreciate all the support I'm getting. For sure. We're becoming a, a baseball country uh, more and more every every day, it feels like. Um, now, we're, uh, we, I'm recording here from Ottawa, and I guess you were up in our neck of the woods a little while ago um, checking wow. out some snowy owls. So tell me about that experience. Have you ever seen a snowy owl? Um, I've only seen pictures of it. I've, 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 <laughs> I've been near the area and everything, but uh, right. yeah, I've never seen them in the, in the wild. Hey, Matt, the most beautiful bird we've we've ever seen you know my wife's uh into wildlife photography right and so you know we go out to yellowstone she photo buffalo bears you name it she loves that stuff uh bald eagles golden eagles but then we just we were i don't know how we first saw the first because she always she's been trying to find owls right has never been able to come across one and i don't know if she was just googling owl or something and she came across this snowy owl we go you gotta be kidding me so so anyway we tracked down there's this gentleman um that lives in Ottawa that gives those, they give these tours, you know, the uh, workshops. So we went up, we went up there for five days and shot some wonderful experience, you know, a couple of snowstorms came through, <laughs> but it was just a, it was, it was a blast. We, we, uh, we had a wonderful time up there in Ottawa. Great. Now, you know, you seem to be spending um, a lot of time, at least in the off season in nature, when you're, when you're there kind of like, you know, seeing all these animals out in the wild, how often does kind of, does baseball creep into your thoughts? Well, the number one reason I'm out there doing all this because my wife, I'm trying to keep my wife happy, right? <laughs> Great. <laughs> Excuse me, man. Um, you know what? I, I've been in baseball so long, right? It's just, it's ingrained in me, right? Uh -huh. So I'll, uh, even if, I, if I'm out there, uh, at the time when I started do, going out there, you know, I was working for the Braves, the special assignment scout, then we had this book going and then the podcast and all that. So I'm st I was still involved somewhat, right? So I had, I, I had to kind of follow some things. Um, but I've, I've my whole life I've checked box scores and things like that. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, every morning and, and check out the latest baseball news and and uh, so that's just kind of that's just kind of what I do now, you know. And because uh, I'm still a well, I'm still a huge Blue Jay fan. I'm you know I'm a baseball fan, obviously. Uh, so it's uh, it's just like kind of routine. It's just like eating breakfast sometimes now. And like like the book says, you're a baseball lifer, right? Yeah, like it or not, man. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I'm proud of. I mean, if that's uh, I'm not. Not solving any of the world's problems, put it that way. Well, you know, some I don't know. Maybe baseball can do it. Maybe maybe that's the answer. Um, right. You you mention uh, Buffalo mentality a lot on your podcast. Can you explain what that means? Well, you know what, uh, my wife. I would tell you she she loves photographing buffalo. Right, we go out to Yellowstone and it's like she fell in love with these big old burly animals. Mm -hmm. So then we were just researching some stuff and we came across it's called Buffalo mentality. And the psychologist kind of explained it this way when. In, in in Colorado, you know, you got half the, you know, you got the Rocky Mountains, I guess, in one half, and then the plains on the other. Mm -hmm. And he he was relating this to people that battle, you know, everybody goes through things in lives, the the you know difficulties, what have you, and basically trying to uh, correlate how you deal with things. He says the buffalo when a storm comes over the Rocky Mountains, a big storm, 
Buffalo, he said, when you watch them, they'll run right into the storm, right? So then they get through the storm fast. And run. Cows, on the other hand, they, they, they're one of the few places I guess they herd together out there. The cows will run the opposite away from the storm. So the storm catches them and, they, and they're, they're in it longer. So he would, with the way he was comparing, he said, listen, Buffalo mentality, you, you, take the, you take your storms head on, your problems, whatever it might be, and you're, you're, you're not in it as long, right? You get through these things, you know, eventually. Where, where if you're a cow and you're running with it, it's like you'd never get out of the thing. And so we kind of, we kind of, uh, you know, we had a little fun with that because she loved buffaloes. And and, uh, uh, and and not too far down the road, we're going to come out with a little something on that anyway. So uh, maybe T-shirts and stuff. And and uh, but that's how all that started. So so now when when we come across somebody that that uh, and you see it all the time, right? People because everybody deals with problems in life and. And uh, people that tackle and take it head on and are able to overcome incredible odds, things like that. See, they, they got Buffalo mentality, man. They just, man, here's, you know, and it's admirable when pe people are able to do this. It's not easy, right? I mean, I mean, human nature says a lot of times you run to stay out of the storm, you know? Yeah, but no, run, running into your, running right into the adversity is definitely um, uh, a way for baseball players for, in yeah. particular to, 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 to tackle their problems. And you see guys like, like last yesterday, Jose Barrios, he, he, he entered the storm that is the Houston Astros and he came out relatively unscathed. Can't say the same about the bullpen, but you know, like lots of players, that's a great way to, well, you to know what, Matt, you know, Hey, and now here's a guy, right? He had, he was uh, one of the top pitchers when he's in Minnesota, right? Mm -hmm. And then the Blue Jays trade for him and they signed him to a long-term deal. And for the most part, he struggled since he signed that extension, big contract with the Blue Jays. But, but, and he's taking a, taking the heat like they should. You know, when guys get the big contracts, it, go, it goes hand in hand. You can't run from that. And there's a lot of responsibility with that. But he was really struggling there. You know, everybody said, what do you do with Barrios? You get rid of him, blah, blah, whatever, right? But you look at his last two outings, it's almost like he he was kind of at the tipping point. He could have gone either way, you know. Mm -hmm. If he continues down that, you know, I don't know what they do with him, right? But no, he you know what? He he just kept he just kept plugging away. And his last two outings have been tremendous. He beat Tampa to break up their uh, 13 game win streak, 12, whatever it was. And then last night against against the world champs, he basically shut them down. Um so you know what? Hey, tip my hat to the guy, but that's a perfect example of Buffalo mentality. He could he could have cowered and and uh, disappeared for sure. And and I would say that uh, uh, Jordan Alvarez and Jose Abreu are definitely a storm that you need to face head on yeah. if you want to beat the, the Astros. Now you're you're looking pretty pretty laid back, and in your book you even say like <laughs> baseball is a game where you've got to be able to relax and slow the game down. When you try harder, it backfires on you. Um, is this why you sort of project that laid back demeanor, like when you're managing a team? Uh, you know, that pretty much, you know, Matt, that's, that's who I am, right? I'm, I can be very relaxed, but on the inside, I'm churning a little bit. <laughs> and as far as being, like I talked about being able to slow the game down and, and confidence and all that, I had trouble doing that. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not like this can't, you know, that's, that was my secret and I had a great career. No, no, that's not what happened. Right. On the playing end of it anyway. Um, but that's what the great players do. You know, they just slow it down. And where I'm churning on the inside in uh, uh, in more attack mode, right? But that 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 works against you a lot of times in, in baseball. But as far as my personality, you know, I when I got into coaching and managing, I understood, you know, the, the players are the show, you know. Just get – you basically – my job is to get out of the way, hold them together, you know, make sure they're going the same direction, right? And then uh, let them do their thing. 
And, you know, so sometimes you got to, you got to uh, back off and get out of the way. Right. And so, you know, I guess in, I, the way I do that, any couch I can find, any, any place <laughs> I can kick back, I do that, you know, just get out of the way and let the boys do their thing, you know? So that, but that's, I've always kind of been laid back and it's probably, it could be a little deceiving because inside a lot of times I'm churning pretty good. I think a lot of, a lot of coaches and managers are, are that way too, whether it's showing inside or out. Um, right. now going going way way back to the to to the start of your kind of baseball journey, um, what drew you to wanting to be like a, a catcher uh, when you were starting out way back in high school? Yeah, it's you know what, it, it when I first started playing ball, I actually played my first little league game in Goose Bay, Labrador. But when I ended up in Houston, Texas, and I was playing for a team down there. You know, I was I was always that right fielder. You know, in little league, you put the, the the worst player on the team or the guy that has trouble. We put him out in right field, right? right. He just picks daisies, you know, because no <laughs> balls ever come out there. So that's kind of what I was doing. And then anyway, we went down to Houston, Texas. I was playing on a team, and they needed a catcher one day. And I was I was at the point now where I catch the ball. I mean, it was you know, I was still a young kid. But uh, in the first time I got back there, and they had the helmets on and then the mask, and and I. But first pitch I ever caught, I got too close to the hitter, right? So he swings, and his bat catches me in the back of the head, right? But I had a helmet on, man, you know, and he, they weren't swinging that hard there. And I thought, for some reason, I thought, this is for me, man. That was <laughs> that was kind of, I don't know if that kind of, that spurred me on to become a catcher. And, uh, and then I just learned this. You know what? I figured out, you know, your catcher's involved in everything, man. He's he's the only guy looking out at the field, right? Everybody else is looking at at him and the, and the batter. I said, gosh, I kind of like this, you know. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of the the same way. I remember when I was a little kid, I, uh, like a like ten years old, I, I, I got a a book on on catching strategy. It's it's nice. Just Did you? To be able, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice just to be able to kind of even just catching the ball, like it's the it's the best one of the best things best feelings in baseball that you can do, and just being there to catch every pitch and behind every play. It's, it's yeah, really cool. yeah. You know, be almost like to a goalie. You know, I mean, goalie's mm-hmm. right there. You know that. They can't if they if they don't beat you, they can't win, right? And so you're like the last <laughs> line of defense, you know, you can run saver, score shot saver, whatever. Same way with catcher, kind of, you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, now throughout like you you were you were uh in the minors a lot. You you saw a lot of a lot of great players come up. You saw Daryl Strawberry, Dwight Gooden, Kevin Mitchell, uh, even like later on, Sammy Sosa, Juan Gonzalez, people like that, Rafael Palmero. What was it like just seeing those guys? come up but what, what what did it but what did it feel like just watching the talent yeah she was like wow gosh that's what i'm mean, thinking that's what i want to be man i mean how, <laughs> how easy they make it you know and and um i get you know the the, the guys i mentioned you, that you just mentioned right there i mean they're the all-stars right mm-hmm. they do things a little better and a little easier than most anyway right but there's some i think i think well i just had a great appreciation for someone that can master something, anything, right? It doesn't have to be baseball. It could be anything that, uh, and you could tell that, you know, they were given a lot, a lot of God given talent. Right. Mm-hmm. But they still had to develop that and, um, and, you know, become who, who they are. But I also noticed too, there's something about these guys mentally that separate them. They, they just, just didn't have necessarily a heck of a lot more talent than the other guy that didn't make it. Or, or let's say me, but there's something in their mind, you know, they, they were, um, it's almost like, it's like they could, they could get, they could care less, but, but you, they really cared, you know, I mean, it's like mm-hmm. when they, when they struck out of the bases loaded, it didn't, didn't eat, it didn't ruin their day. It didn't ruin their week or whatever. Right. Or they made an error or they gave up a home run or a big hit. 
it's like, so what, you know, I'm going to get the next guy. And that's just kind of the mentality. You know, I don't know if that's something you're ingrained with when you're a, a youngster or, or, or what, but so that was part of the admiration. I had said, gosh, these guys can control their thoughts and good positive thoughts. And they, and they're so confident. I, I have such a hard time doing that, you know, and, uh, and I was kind of the norm, you know, cause most guys, and then, so a bad at bat, first at bat of the game, let's say in a crucial situation, whatever, right. Then it affects the next at bat, the next at bat, because you'll notice when, when you, I would always, me and guys would joke about it, say, you know what, if, if you have a good at bat, your first at bat of the game, it's like we used to know, go, gosh, I usually have a good game because now I'm confident, man. You know, that, that first, if I strike out with two guys on base, it's like, oh, no, my confidence is kind of, uh, you know, and then the rest of the night's kind of, so it just shows you um, the mental side of it, Buffalo mentality. Yeah. Ba- baseball really plays with your mind a lot, I guess. I yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. It's not all, man, it's not all physical. Yeah. It's a large part of it is, but it's, it's the guys that can control here. Now, now, but it's interesting. Those guys, just about everyone we, we named off right there had had off the field problems or steroid mm-hmm. problems or, you know, went to jail and all that. So they may have conquered the baseball end of it, but the, the other side of it, the, the part that matters in society they couldn't, you know, so figure that one out. I don't know. Well, you, 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 you're an all-star at balance then, right? Well, well, you know what? I, I, I would rather be an all-star, all-star off the field and in, in, uh, in, in society than on, I guess. No doubt. Well, no, that's, 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 that's definitely something that we all, we all try to aim for. Um, yeah. Now on the other end, on, on the kind of the management side, you kind of came up with a lot of really brilliant minds like yourself, JP Ricciardi, Billy Bean, Clint Hurdle. Was, was this unique to the Mets or was it something, you know, that maybe every, every team has a, a handful of these, or do you think it, the Mets were special? Well, it was kind of a unique group, right? But, you know, I think every organization has those guys, you know, um, uh, I, I don't think everybody that plays a game, you know, wants to stay in and be a coach and things like that. Mm-hmm. Us baseball lifers, I guess, do you? Right? <laughs> and and the, then the real world wasn't knocking down, beating down the door, offering me jobs either. But uh, yeah, it was kind of a unique group. I think everybody has has that. But you know, you go back. I go back to my Mets days. You know, there, there were so many guys that played in AAA there that went on to manage and and things like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, it was it was kind of a. Um, I put it this way: I think maybe the, you know the Mets just did a good job of hiring guys that uh, they thought were good baseball people. You know, yeah, there's lots of even even like like uh, Ron Darling and, and and Keith Hernandez. They're they're really great. Like just in the in the booth, you know, like they're, yeah. they're lots of smart guys. Yeah, exactly. You know, and Keith Hernandez is another guy we talk about, right? We were just talking about a minute ago. Keith was so mentally tough and strong. You know, you weren't going to beat him, but he, you know that he just knew how to. You know, the thing is, baseball, even the guys we're talking about, right, they still have their ups and downs and they have their mm-hmm. demons and all that, but they're able to conquer them a little bit easier than the uh, the average Joe that doesn't make it. Well, Keith Hernandez, especially, he 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 went through his share of problems oh, uh, yeah. in, in St. Louis and, 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 and pulled through and, and he was, you know, he had a good shot to even be in, make it to the Hall of Fame this past summer, maybe, maybe next oh, year. Yeah, yeah, I hope so, because he was a great player. Hey, he was a co-MVP with Willie Stargell one year. So they, uh, yeah, he's good, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and you've, you've coached a lot of players, um, you know, uh, Pete Walker. Uh, I think you mentioned uh, coaching, you, you, you coached uh, Eric Hinsky. I think like a lot of, a lot of different players. Can you tell if a player is kind of destined to be a coach or is it something that, that kind of surprises you or. 
No, you, you know, you never know for sure, but there's guys that um, they just seem to be more in tune with it, what's going on in the game than just that guy out there playing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Russell Martin uh, is like a prime example. Yeah, he was a catcher and all that, but you know what? I've, I've also had catchers that they they that was just the position they played. They 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 weren't necessarily the thinking man's catcher, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they couldn't tell you situations or anything like that. But you know, Russell's just kind of Russell. There's just you just talk to him, and it's like this is the intricacies of baseball, you know. Um, uh, another guy was like that, another catcher, Jason Kendall, who I was coaching when we were in Kansas City, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, same type thing. And, and there's and there's a lot of Hinsky, Hinsky's become a great hitting coach long after his playing days were, were done. But there's a there's a there's a lot of guys like that, you know. Pete Walker, yeah, Pete Pete had that. Pete had a solid playing career, but you could tell that he he could teach pitching, or if he if he that's the what he desired, right? And sure mm-hmm. enough, he went that direction. And uh, uh, but then there's a lot of guys that don't. You get a guy like Greg Zahn, right? Another catcher. He was, you know, he's a little bit out there, right? <laughs> yeah, he knew he knew the game, but could he could he re- uh, communicate it? Yeah, to yeah, yeah to. The other guys on the team, or was he going to drive them nuts, or can he, you know, they're different types. Jerry Grody, who I talk about in the book, right, one of the all-time greatest defensive catchers, and he even tried managing the minor leagues with Detroit, and that didn't last because he was so high-strung and he was such a perfectionist, and he couldn't relate to the the young young players, right. So it's not just all all knowledge, right. It's yeah. you still have to be able to relate and understand the personalities and say, hey, everybody can't do it as easy as let's say me or Joe Schmo, you know. You know, like Ted Williams, he 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 wasn't the greatest coach, you know. Exactly, perfect perfect <laughs> example. That's that may be the best example you can give right there. Yeah, exactly. Um, and another guy who uh, came up under under kind of your your coaching uh, watch is uh, John Snyder, do you, and he was on your podcast recently. Do you see sort of similar career paths taken between the two of you? Very, you know, very. He, uh, you know, he got drafted. He was a catcher, and you know, he wanted to be, have a great playing career. You know, same way as me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, when the those days came to an end, we we stayed both stayed in the game, and and yeah, he he went down to the low minor leagues. It just, I, I just exact same thing I did, and then uh, uh, you knew he was destined to get to the big leagues. And so, you know, when when an organization put puts their best players with you, like Vladdy and Bichette and those guys. It's because they trust you and they know that you're going to get the most out of those guys, right? Mm-hmm. So they they always seem to be with Schneiders. So you kind of tell Schneider's Schneider's good with the young players, plus he's but they send if they're going to send their best players in the organization to him, it tells you what they think about him, right? Schneider. And so, but he used to come to we'd have spring training every year, and he'd be down there early. He lived in the area, and he would always he was a great worker, and, and everybody just loved him, you know, whether it was the players or the coaches you know and through great batting practice which is like a it's like that's a number one job think about that you know it's not like a, you know you're some if you can throw batting practice man you're you're worth your weight in gold how simple <laughs> is that so anyway yeah yeah he, uh, and he's doing a great job now i think you know and uh but you he's a perfect example you gave him here's somebody that uh always thought would have a shot at it and a very similar route that i took yeah and now maybe this is kind of a simple, too simple of a question, but like how much is it a, a grind? How much of a grind is it to manage 162 plus games over the course of a year in and out? It's rough. It, it really is. You know, um, Matt, it's, 
baseballs, baseballs, you know, they've, they've, it's, it's longer now than it used to be, but everybody will tell you, man, the season's too long. You know, it, it, uh, you know, next thing you know, it's freezing cold out. You're playing the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But I think that gets guys the most is there's very few days off. There's more now than there used to be. Right. And, uh, when you're doing something every day in, in, in it, if you're the manager, I mean, it, it, the, the, the results your team is getting affects the scoreboard controls your life, right? Yeah. If you're winning, you know, every feeling, you're feeling much better if you're losing or not, but, but it goes like this, you know, and even the great teams. So there's, there's so many ups and downs, emotional swings. And then a lot of times you get your, your families are back home. You know, so you got to deal with that, and you know, the, the, your your poor wife's got to worry, but she's raising the kids, and it's <laughs> like you got, you got the normal things, but you can't be there to help out, and yet you're worrying about getting fired or something because teams lost ten in a row. <laughs> but you know, and then and then you're doing it every day, and you really really can't get away from it a lot of times, and and the, and the the traveling's first class, but it's it's hard. You're constantly you're flying here, there, everywhere. Um, yeah, so I, I think it's not all fun and games that everybody thinks, but it, it sure is a lot of fun and games. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, have you had a chance to see the uh, the, the the dimensions at Rogers Center? Yes. The new ones. Yeah. yeah. How do you? How I, do you I think- like the new. I, I love the new uh, the, the new setup. You know, the only thing they may have trouble is with those bullpens. The fact that uh, you know, for the visiting team anyway, you know, they get access to those players. You know, that's 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 you know. It, I was watching a game and when I was up there, you know, against Detroit and the guys coming down, you know, that could present a problem. I'm sure the league will step in or the players association. I guarantee it will step in. Yeah. And I don't think it's unique to other two. It's not the only ballpark like that. I think Boston is pretty intimate as far as the bullpens go too. Yeah. But there's like, but there's like a, uh, a barrier there. It's almost like there's okay. no barrier there, you know? Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I, I'm, you know, they've, they've had issues in the past. So hopefully security is, is, is on their toes. Um, how do you think it's going to play out? Like the new de- dimensions, they say it's going to be neutral, but do you think that's really going to be the case? Is it going to be a hitter's park or a, or a neutral park? Hey, it's always been a hitter park, man. I mean, that, that place is one of the best uh, home run hitting places there is anyway. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now you lower the fence in certain areas and the configuration makes it shorter in some areas. Yeah. It's probably, it's probably going to add to its reputation is hitter friendly, you know, and I guarantee your pitchers don't like pitching there. That's for dang sure. <laughs> that's that's probably true um what do you think about the and i think i know i've I've heard you talk about this but what do you think about the new rules uh in in place this year uh you know what well you know i guess i guess it's kind of it seems like it's lopsided one way that everybody likes the pace of the game and all that and if that's the case that's that's fine i uh um i'm not i always like i'm like everybody else i like a faster paced game but i also understood that there's certain players that have to, we were talking about, remember I talked about slowing the game down a while ago. We were talking, mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they deliberately have to slow themselves down to be successful, you know? And so to be fair to them, you know, uh, was it a play too? Was it last night's game or that uh, Vladdy Jr. got struck out? Yeah. Last night. Yeah. Yeah. He struck out. Uh, should, uh, yeah. should that happen? I mean, really, you know, here's like one of the marquee players in the game. People want to watch him play. That's what, and he gets, he gets uh, struck out on a technicality like that or something. It's like, to me, that's, that's not what this is all about, you know? Um, so, and we, and there will be, we we're talking to Russell Martin the other day on our, our podcast and even Russell was saying, you know, some, like he, 
It's the exact same feeling I had. When you get to the postseason, especially, but but you get late in games when the game's on the line, you know, you're set up man and closer and the game generally slows down because of the the magnitude of the situation. You know, if it's a if it's a game that's close enough, right? Um, and I don't think anybody has a problem with that. Uh, it's just like so. Maybe let's not get too. It's almost like we're trying to just get it. We're just trying to change as much as we can, just for uh, I don't know. Maybe the commission wants a leg his legacy to be well, I don't know time of game. But you know, but but you know, you, the commercials are longer. That adds to all that stuff, and mm-hmm. you know, that, where that's that's money. So I get that. But my feeling has always been because I, I've been a baseball fan. You know, if if the game's moving slow and it's not a very good game, turn it off or go home. You know, and, and think about this too, Matt. You know, the cost, the salaries they pay now, and the cost of the ticket, for, and for somebody to bring his family to a game, right? I mean, it's it's expensive, isn't it? I mean, really expensive, right? Then you then you're going to buy concessions for your kids, you know, all that, right? Costs a lot of money. So if that's the case, a lot of people don't go to many games. So if they go one or two a year, let's say that that's a lot. That's that's just, a lot of people can't afford many more than that. Why would they want a fast game, man? You want they want to sit there and enjoy it all day as much as they can because yeah. they're not the everyday guys, you know. So I don't know. Now, now, from the strategic side, do you think it makes a manager's job easier or harder? Well, you know what? Uh, I mean, I don't think these guys; these guys are adjusting. There's no doubt about it, you know. Yeah. But 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 is it is it hurting their performance? My the fact, like like you said, we're talking about Vladdy Junior last night, or yeah, really? That's he should. Be, I mean, if if he's he's trying to get a big hit or do something, right? So he's maybe maybe he's not mind's not in the right spot, or maybe mm-hmm. something in the box he needs to take a minute, like. You, they've always been able to in the baseball so that he can get in there and, you know, people get their money's worth and he gets his money, whatever. He ought to be able to do that. I don't think he should be struck out on a technicality. That to me, that's just like, eh, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're getting a little crazy here. Yeah. Um, now from your experience over. Hold on, man, real, real quick, Matt. Yep. Let me ask you something. Okay. Sure. See that, see the, the Blue Jays are playing the Braves in the World Series, right? Uh-huh. The, the seventh game of the World Series, whatever the situation, the big game on the line, Vladdy's right? hitting, right? A couple guys on bases, juice, they're down or they're whatever. He gets banged. He gets he gets rung up because of that. You think that's gonna that's gonna go over well in in the Toronto or in the baseball world, or are we gonna we, are we gonna have egg on our face? Well, no. If, if if in Game Seven and he strikes out on the on the on the pitch clock roll, it it would not go over well. But at the same time. I would think by the time the playoffs come around, if assuming that all not, they don't change any pitch clock times or anything like that, I, I, I think that you know these guys should have uh, should know and be uh, in the moment as professionals enough to 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 kind of know that they they need to be ready. Okay, but you are. Did you see the WBC? I did. Any yeah. Bat? Did you see that last at bat? They said the greatest bat in history: Otani versus Trout. Right. Yeah, yeah. Did you see that one? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah, they tra- they 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 track the time on that. Every every in between every pitch of that at bat, and everybody was glued. Man, this is what they want to see. It was at least thirty seconds in between every pitch, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nobody had a problem with that because this was the this is the game. This is what everybody wants to see. Mm-hmm. So so it uh, in baseball too. Most people, especially the younger kids that they're trying to attract, I think they love those ten. 10 to nine games, right? Where's a slugfest. 
Mm-hmm. But the, those games last four hours. Those games are long because there's so much action. People, I guess they're just they just want action. But ba- you got to remember, baseball is not an action-packed game. A lot of times, you know, it's just a slow-moving game. It can be boring. That's just the you know. So so it's kind of like you know uh, maybe if it speeds it up, you get them out of there quicker. I don't know. You know, I I, I, I don't know. I it, yeah, of course it'll work. There's no there's no doubt, but. But you don't always have to have change for the sake of change for crying out loud. Well, no, I I, I would agree with that. I I, I gotta I, I'm a, being honest. I I am a fan of the new pace of play, but I was also I was not opposed to the to the old pace of play either. But I think I think you know like speeding the game up a little bit is good. Myself being a, a father of a five year old and a three year old, I can't stay up too late. So these these actually uh, these 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 game times are are perfectly timed for for my my lifestyle. Uh, but but you know guys guys like you guys who've who've grown up in the game and, and and this is the first year they've implemented this this pitch clock in the majors at least it's it's definitely a big a big change right well, well you know where it'll, it'll be it'll smooth out because they're using the minor leagues and so a lot of the guys that are present day big leaguers they've been there the last few years that aren't used to it eventually the guys that are the guys that take over the game are the guys in the minor leagues now mm-hmm. that that's all they know right so that'll be, become natural but for guys that aren't used to that. You know it, uh, um, but so so how many how many minutes is it cutting off an average a game? You got any idea now? Um, I think on average it's close to a half hour. I would say. Okay, all right. Now is is a half hour? That's like a sitcom. Is a half hour really that like? For me, to- for for me, I, that 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 could be nodding off territory. You know, I could miss <laughs> the ninth inning. You know, <laughs> why don't they start the games earlier? Well, I don't know. Well, see, like. That's that's a good question. Uh, yeah, I guess I guess it's all it's all t- like you said with the commercials. It's all TV and advertisement that that yeah. factors into that, right? So, or why yeah. don't you know every 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 time there's a close play, they, they get you know. Well, hey, wait a minute. Listen, we want to look at it in the uh, in our clubhouse to see if we want to uh, replay it, right? Why don't you just eliminate that then? Because that happens a lot during games, right? That and just say, okay, if you disagree with. The umpire's call. You're the manager. It's my eyes against yours. Appeal it right away, right? Then you don't have that. Well, give us give us a minute to look at it before we decide whether. What? Well, how fair is that? You know what <laughs> I mean? That that would be that would be extra fun, and I think that would eliminate those like hands off the bag kind of little plays like yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. There's there, you talking about that was game wasn't designed that way. You know, come on. That's like really. And I tell you what. You know, I guess. Matt, the, the ones that drives me the craziest is like when in the you go uh, extra innings, right? You start with a runner on second, right? That's come on. I mean, now, now you're now you're getting in the history of the game as far as the you know the at bat. I mean, just run scored. It's like that's almost little league to me. That's definitely that's amateur ball. And you I know, agree with that. I agree with that. You know, and I know people. <clears throat> Some games go 18, 19 innings, but but you know, if you're a team at the end of the year, you survive some of those long extra inning games, you still win it. And you know what? You earn that because everybody goes through them, right? Yeah, you've been through your fair share of those for sure. And especially oh, yeah. if they're gonna if they're gonna implement the pitch clock, why do you need to speed up the extra innings that much more, right? Exactly. Anyway, I'm just I'm just kidding. I'm just an old fart, man. That's all. Well, it's it's all good. It's it's good to hear different perspectives. Um, mm-hmm. Now, you you mentioned a while back about like being part of that uh, Kansas City uh, coaching staff. You're the bench coach uh, for for the early, I think, just before they made it to the World Series, the early 2010s. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, how does the current Blue Jays team compare to that that early 2010s core with like Salvador Perez, Eric Hosmer, Mike Mustakas, Danny Duffy, Greg Holland, Lorenzo Cain, guys like that? Yeah, I, t- I tell you, what, yeah, I, you know, when I got fired in 08 from the Blue Jays and I went over there and 
I was in Kansas City for three years as a bench coach under Trey Hillman brought me over. After a year and a half, he got fired. Then Ned Jost came in and he kept he kept me around. And I tell you what, I had uh you look at the Blue Jays' young core now. I mean, you're not going to get any better in Vladdy and Bichette, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Romano and, and uh, you know Danny Jansen, and you, you go. These are the homegrown guys, right? And then uh, the same way when I, when I was over with the Mets, you know the um, the system just kept putting these guys out, right? I mean, mm-hmm. so, same way in Kansas City. When I was over, you know, the Hosmer, Billy Butler was there, Alex Gordon, like you said. Then they then they traded, actually traded uh Grinky, you know, to uh to Milwaukee to bring in those guys, you know, um Lorenzo Kane and Alcides Escobar and right. and then Salvi came Salvador came up through the Royal System, but nobody thought he was ever gonna be hit much of a hitter, right? Now he's a great hitter. So when that group all got there together, it was like, man, look at all these guys, right? And you know what? The, the thing they had going for them, they all they played together in the minor leagues, and they won in the minor leagues. But So they get to the big leagues. They're going through some growing pains when I was there. But we had no pitching. But you could – you could. I can remember thinking, when this team gets some pitching, watch out, right? And they had a brilliant GM, Dayton Moore. He ended up getting fired this past year, and um, he's down there as the assistant GM down there in Texas, right? That's a smart baseball guys, right? He, they fire they fire the best GM they've ever had, and they you know they uh, they're basically if you finish below a couple games below five hundred whatever's last year, and then we got to get a new manager and blah blah. Now they now they like they got the worst record in the game. It's like well okay well that 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 paid off anyway. So um, um, you could just see it happen, and then things turned, and they made some Dayton made some brought in some pitching and next thing you know, but these, they played a different style of ball that was taking over the, the game at that time. You know, they hit their home runs, but they played in a big ballpark, right? Everybody in their lineup could run. Mm-hmm. They were the best defensive team by far in the game, you know, and, and uh, they had a uh, remember the run uh, outfitter Dyson, Gerard Dyson. He late in the game, if the game was tied or a uh, one run game, so he get, it doesn't matter who got on first base. They pinch run him. He steals second, maybe still third. You couldn't throw him out, right? And the, so you're not going to beat them in – you weren't going to beat them in one-run close games. It just be, they were – because they were manufactured with the best of them, right? They put the ball in play, which, you know, the game turned into – starting to turn into home runs, and and and, they, and it won it for them, right? There's, there's, there's no doubt about it. So it was a different – they were probably the lone Rangers out there. Everybody else, the other 2019s were doing it the other way, but they, they said, this is our ballpark. We got we got to be, you know, build this team according to our ballpark. And that's what they mm-hmm. did. Um, um, but then they, you know, low budget. You know, they they're not like the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays can you know sustain that now. They got the money. They did Midwest team over there. They didn't, so they had to they had to break it up little by little. Yeah, I'll see it as Escobar was 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 a Blue Jay killer with all his just like slap hitting. It was it was frustrating to watch oh, yeah. him watching those playoffs. Yeah, and a great little shortstop man. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, I'll, 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 I won't keep you too much longer. Um, You're good. Yeah, yeah. I, I, um, just one last question for you about uh, Jose Bautista. Um, I'm not, not sure if you heard this, but he'll be added to the level of excellence for the Blue Jays in August. Well how deserved. Well yeah, deserved. I was gonna, how deserving is he, is he of his, this honor? What was he like? <laughs> what was he like to to coach? Well, he's no brainer. You know, he's one of the all time greatest Blue Jays. You know, he put all his. Um, you know, think too about Jose. Jose made his name he came into his own plane in toronto right he was a journeyman he was he was everybody thought he was a utility player he didn't agree with that right 
And then he got together with Cito Gaston. Cito's a great hitting instructor as well. And he kind of, he kind of, he kind of put put him or got in his head the right way. And next thing you know, Jose bang it, bang it, right? Now he's one of the great home run hitters in the game. So uh yeah, you look at his numbers compared to you know the other Blue Jays of the past, he's right up there with the uh the all-time greats and 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 uh, it's exciting, you know. And he uh you know, I say this people ask me about Jose. The one thing I always bring up is that, you know, probably more than any other player I managed in the major league, Jose would show up ready to play, wanting to play more than anybody I ever had, right? You know, you figured, well, that's a given. Everybody should. No, some guys are banged up and they don't, you know, or they're, they're, uh, they're motivated, but not, but not like this guy. I mean, Ho- Jose, number one, he, th- he thought he, he had that chip on his shoulder. He thought, he, you know, he, he got the raw deal early on. So he was going to maximize the rest of his career, whatever that, however long that was going to be, right? And he also had a great understanding that people paid to see him play, which is true. You know, and he in the so there's a number of times he could have had a day off, and I talked to him. I said, "I'm gonna need a day off to rest." He goes, "No, nah, I, I need to play, right?" And he was also, he you know he wanted to, he wanted to make money, you know. So he was you know every bat every game he missed, less opportunity to hit a home run or something like that. So he was he was I mean, uh, a, a incredible competitor. He wasn't well liked in the league now, unless he was on your team. Be um, but. You know, he he was gonna he was gonna maximize whatever his career was because I think a lot of it because he thought he got cheated early on and it turns out he did. You know, for sure. Um, maybe okay. One last question for you because you you're you're a host you host a podcast yourself now. What what's it like? You know, you were you you were a manager on getting interviewed by countless reporters. What's it like being on the other side of the mic? Well, it's de- it's definitely different. You know what? Uh, we we focus primarily on the Blue Jays players you know and, and we talk some baseball around the league and things like that and eventually we'll probably expand it you know um it is a little bit different on the other side asking questions uh i, I think i got the inside track on something or i know what these guys are thinking and we try to throw out some things and it's been when I, when I have guys that i most of the guys i've had i've known somewhat anyway and it's it's it's, it's a lot of fun reminiscing in um things like that and we we try you know we try to you know hopefully entertain the folks a little bit and, and um yeah but but it's been fun you know i we used to do it on mondays and you know i sit in here and uh you know it, it's a feel-good thing it's something that, you know we're not in there to rip anybody and all the you know and, and uh because i do understand how tough it is um but you know what they they got it and the best part about it is the Blue Jays have a great team. They they could very well win it all this year. So it's a good team to cover, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's definitely feel good. Uh, your book, uh, Gibby Tales from a Baseball Lifer, is also a really feel good book to read. I really enjoyed it. Um, well, man, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It was it was. It's always great to kind of get into into your mind and and know what was going on behind the scenes. Oh, that's scary. <laughs> that's scary. <laughs> hey, Buffalo mentality, man. Yes, right into right into the storm. Uh, Gibby, thanks so much for joining me. Hey, man, anytime, man. I appreciate you having me on here, and I appreciate your support.